0: No, 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 she's not a medical doctor, but she can sure cure your tax problems or your financial woes. She's the how-to girl. It's the Dr. Friday Show. If you have a question for Dr. Friday, call her now, 737-WWTN. That's 737-9986. So here's your host,
1: financial counselor, and tax consultant, Dr. Friday.
2: I'm Dr. Friday and the doctor is in the house. So if you have questions concerning taxes or money issues, mainly taxes, I do love my taxes and there are so many things going on we keep hearing about some of them are just the build back better plan, which we haven't really had passed yet but Many things in that plan is going to have some major tax changes for us, so we will stay on top of that. Talking a lot more about the cryptocurrency and the tax policy that's going to follow along with that. So for all of us that might own cryptocurrency, how we're going to make the best uh, bookkeeping practice you know education how are we going to take uh, certain credits on that making sure we understand and know what's going on is very very important so we just want to follow through with all of that and if you have any questions at all you can join the show we are here live on this wonderful Saturday. Um, 615-737-9986, 615-737-9986, taking your calls, talking about, again, my favorite subject and soon soon to be your favorite subject because tax season is going to be here before you know it. And so let's talk a little bit about cryptocurrency. I have a large number of clients now, more than I used to have. Well, I think there's a lot more people that are into cryptocurrency than used to be into uh, the, the cryptocurrency. And I have a whole number of you that are listening right this second saying, hey, I don't want to tell anyone I have cryptocurrency. It's a top secret. It's like when when." I was younger, people would buy gold or silver and they kind of hid that away because that was going to be their emergency stash in case something happened in the world. And uh, we were going to have to uh, go back or lose our currency and what was going to happen. So it's somewhat the same kind of thing because there wasn't as much tracking done, especially in the beginning, right? I mean, let's be honest. If you lost your account number in cryptocurrency, you lost your entire fortune. It was not something that was going to be able to stay with us or do with us. But that is not necessarily the case any longer. Many of us have Bitcoin wallets. Uh, Many of us have other software that we can actually convert crypto into other Types of currency convert U.S. dollars into crypto. So we have uh, software, and to be quite honest, I don't think it's as hid or or as unknown as it was ten at least ten years ago. So if you're a person that is big into cryptocurrency, keep in mind um, it is being treated just like stock. So if you are buying and selling, and every time you buy and sell, so let's say you take U.S. dollars to buy cryptocurrency, let's say Bitcoin for because everything's crypto, uh, Bitcoin and then you turn and change and you buy some other type of coin and then get another type of coin. Every time you do those type of transactions, those are taxable gain or loss, they are taxable. And then in many cases, you're playing a video game and you're earning crypto, uh, some sort of currency in cryptocurrency and they're giving it to you as reward points. Keep in mind, there's no basis to that. Then you take those points and you convert them into something else or you move them into some other type of currency or, or start mining or any of those things Every time those movements happen, you are now creating a taxable situation. That means you have to be more on top of it than you were in the past. In the past, a lot of times, let's be honest, guys, you were just buying it, you would go play a game, you'd win it, you mine it, and you didn't really track how much it cost for you to get it in the first place, how much it cost for you to move it some other direction. You were just basically building up a nest egg within the cryptocurrency world, but not so much on how it's going to work. Now we need to know because the IRS knows this. It's being out there. It's being put out there. And you need to be able to make sure you have that information and have it going in the right way. Otherwise, trust me, that information is turning up. And next thing you're going to start seeing as part of the build back better plan is hiring I don't know 63 billion dollars worth of people to work for the IRS so that sounds like quite a few people that could actually be working so those people are not going to be there to answer the phone and the questions which is what we really want they're going to be there to start generating income the only way the IRS generates income is collections so they're going to be looking at more and more audits they're going to be looking at more and more things that's going to come along with that situation so we need to be better prepared than we were before for another thing i had a client walk in the door the other day and um, i was looking at his his taxes and I realized that his wife had went to school and he had done his own taxes. And um, he had taken off a tax credit of like $200, but they were entitled to $1,200. So um, keep in mind, your wife may go part time to school, you may have children that are in college or taking secondary courses, you may go back and get more education. A lot of times you could qualify for college credits in doing that. So keep that in mind, when it comes back to doing um, your own taxes, nothing wrong with doing Your own taxes, just make sure that you're paying attention and making sure all the boxes are checked properly and you understand the question, because sometimes when you do your own taxes, you're not too sure what that means. Another big thing we need to remind everybody that is over the age of 72 and/or individuals that had started taking the requirement on distribution at 70 and a half, depending on your age right now. RMDs, as we all like to refer, require minimum distributions, are back on the table for 2021. You do not want to miss that because the penalty is 50% of what you were supposed to take out. So if you were supposed to take out $10,000, guess what? You now owe $5,000 penalty. That's a lot of penalty for doing something that you didn't know you did wrong. So let's make sure, get it back on the table, make sure you're taking out your RMDs. If you have an older parent um, and you help them out, make sure they're being reminded. Normally, I will be quite honest with you, Normally, um, you actually have a situation where they basically, um, the, the people that you're looking at normally do things, but, um, like the financial planner or the bank or one of those things, but that is not happening at this time. They are not sometimes doing their job. And so I want to make sure that their job is being done properly. So, you know, penalties hurt and we don't, this is a stupid penalty. Let's not let it happen to our parents or anyone, you know, that might be on a required minimum distribution. And those same people keep in mind, if they give to charity, that money can be converted dollar for dollar in taxes. So let's say again, they have a requirement of distribution of $10,000. They give the church every Week or every month, a total of you know for the whole year. Let's say they give three thousand dollars to the church instead of paying it out of their wallet or their purse every single week. Have it come out of their RMD because then it's a dollar for dollar deduction, no itemizing, no no requirements on there, and it makes it work wonderfully. So, just saying, if you have someone, it's called a qualified charitable deduction. If you are a person that is taking RMDs and you you do give to a charity, do it once a year in a big check and you could even give them a little bit more if you wanted to, because you're going to save 100% on taxes on that money. So it's going to completely reduce. So if you've got a question, if you've done this, or if you're working on some tax things, I know we're outside of the October 15th deadline, but now we have the time to start planning for 2021. We only have like a month or so left, right? It's the 15th almost of November. So what is that? 45 days. And we got Christmas and Thanksgiving in there, which means we're not going to have as many days to actually do things as we might want. So if you, have um something that you want a question or some situation now is the time to reach us 615-737-9986 is the number here in the studio 615-737-9986 fall planning is always very important i know taxes people like to think well i've already got my taxes i'm gonna do this but if you want to do a conversion if you've sold a rental or some sort of investment property um If you're thinking about cleaning out your stock accounts as far as maybe you've got some winners, you've got some losers, and you're thinking, hey, this is what I need to do, right? I need to go ahead and start doing something with some of those things. Now's the time to think, how will it benefit you? Is it a good time to do it? It's not always just because you have a loss doesn't mean you need a loss, or maybe because you have gains that you could offset. Maybe your income as a married couple is less than $100,000. And so you're thinking, hey, you know what, we could sell some stock and we could make it around $8,000 and we'll pay 0% capital gains tax if we've held them for over a year because a married couple making less than $108,000 with their capital gains or whatever could be at 0%, single person, about $55,000, 53 to be probably closer. But either way you look at it, that's the kind of thing we wanna be able to take over and do. Okay, let's hit the phones because Kelly has got on the line for me. Hey, Kelly.
0: Hi, um, so my okay are you still there
2: yeah turn your radio down so that way you can hear me because it's a delay yeah
0: okay so my employer um has a pension which is fully which is fully vested they also offer a 401k with no match which i'm doing and it comes out of my paycheck every week which am i better off doing though am i better off um giving to my employer through 401k no match it comes out of my paycheck every week, or giving to my financial advisor, like Edward Jones, et cetera, that doesn't come out of my paycheck um, tax-wise.
2: Can you give me I a ballpark, Kelly, of what your income bracket is?
0: Uh, it's going to be over 100000
2: Okay. Are you married? Do you support somebody on that 100000 or are you uh, single?
0: I'm married. Both my wife and I will be together over 100000
2: Okay. So the reason I'm saying if your income combined is a hundred thousand or less combined, both of your incomes, if it is, I would say, give it to your financial advisor. Cause you might as well be doing something like a Roth, right? Because it's 12% tax bracket Then you're never going to be that low again anyways. So why not let it grow tax-free and not get the tax advantage today. If you guys are closer to $150,000 combined income, then I would say, let's go ahead and give it to your 401k because you can't Easily, you could do a, um, an IRA with your financial planner, but a Roth will allow you to put a lot more money into it than an IRA. So, so if with, you take my, it-
0: with, with my employer, I have a Roth 401k and okay. they, they tax it when it comes out of my paycheck. But right. I'm just wondering, do I get more advantages giving it to my financial advisor like once monthly or am I better off getting it taxed through my employer?
2: Well, I mean, theoretically, um, either way, you would either take the money and you put it in your bank. Let's say you don't do the employer, you take more money, put it in your bank, and then you write a check to your financial advisor. Theoretically, mm-hmm. you just reduce your check just like it was done with your employer, right? Taxes have already come out. Yep. Um, so the question is, does your 401k at work provide you enough diversity to grow it the way you need it to grow? Or is it limited and your financial advisor could actually spread it over a thousand investments like mine, you know, always says, well, you, you know, we don't get the losses. Maybe I don't make as much all the time, but I don't hit the ups and downs as much because I'm so diversified. You can do it better with a financial planner than with a 401k. No question.
0: Okay. Does that help I was a little just bit? Curious. Yeah. I was just curious on, on tax implications on how that works. Um, It really isn't going to change anything
2: because again, your employer is basically taking the money out after they've already taxed you on it. You you know, so it's same thing as if they give you the paycheck and you put it in the bank and then you write a check to your financial planner. Either way, you've already paid tax on the money, which is what you want to do.
0: With the financial planner, if I give them like a lump sum monthly or anything, do they give you a, are they supposed to give you like a W-2 yearly to turn that in or how does that work?
2: No, it's not a W-2, but there is a form that will show how much your total contribution into a Roth, which is what you would be hopefully diversified into, would be a Roth. And it would give you the value at the end of every year and your contribution. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Okay. No problem. Love the question. Thanks. All righty. Let's go ahead and hit Ray real quick. Hey, Ray.
3: Hey, how's it going?
2: It's going awesome. What can I do for you, boss?
3: Um... My girlfriend and I owned an LLC together, and uh, after 14 years, I um, had a fallout. And uh, so she wants to buy my portion of the LLC, which uh, is basically a house and some land. And um, so I'll be getting a $195,000 uh, check uh, thereabouts uh, this Wednesday, as a matter of fact. Um, so what are my tax implications?
2: Well, you have a couple options on that. Um, is this the primary home that the two of you guys lived in while you were together?
3: No, no, ma'am. It's a vacation. It's a vacation home in Texas.
2: Okay. Do you plan or do you want to buy another investment property?
3: No, ma'am. Okay. I do not.
2: So, all right. So the only option left is pay taxes. (laughs) trying i'm really trying um since it wasn't a primary home we don't have any exclusion the only other one is called the 1031 which mean you'd have to go buy another investment put this money in escrow and buy another investment otherwise at 195 are you single kids what do you claim
3: yeah no i'm single yeah
2: single all right so you uh do you have any other income besides this
3: 195 um yeah you know i mean i've got I'll get rental like that.
2: Okay. What do you yeah, say your I mean, income besides this? What Give me a ballpark of what you think your other income would be. Uh,
3: about 250.
2: Okay. Oh, 250,000 above the 195. So your total income that yeah. year, or do you think that's going to include it? Okay. Um, all right. Well, then you might as well set aside. Uh, you're going to be over 400. So you might as well look at 20%, almost 23%, probably on some of it. I would say it's going to average the highest so we have. Uh, your, go ahead.
3: Your advice is to, is to just take that complete amount and invest it in another property.
2: Well, obviously that would be the way, because if you did, if you, if you don't take the money and at the time of this closing, when she gives it to you, you do a 1031, which means you have to go to an attorney really quick, do a 1031. The money will go into escrow. You buy another investment property and you'll save almost 23% in taxes right now but you'd have to do it before yeah, she you, hands that check to you.
3: I thought you had said 20, 20%. How did, well, I was, I mean, the, I,
2: if, yeah, well, the total, once you hit 200 200,000, you went to 18.8 and then up to 400,000, which you're going to be over 400. Cause you're going to be at, well, yeah, 440. So the first up to 400 will be 20. And then that last 40 will be 23.3. It's progressive. So okay. I'm, I'm I'm saying if you set aside like twenty one percent on the whole thing, I think you'll have enough in your pocket to pay your taxes. But um I'm rather you have too much set aside than not enough. But that's a lot of taxes if you if you're really thinking about possibly later thinking about an investment, but you don't have a lot of time to preserve that ten thirty one.
3: Okay. Um when we sign all this, uh there's gonna be like four attorneys in the room, but I see what you say you're saying about have a financial attorney set that up before right I
2: mean I can give you a couple names or you can you know if you could even find out if there's a couple attorneys a lot of attorneys do 1031 exchanges so basically all they will do at that time is they'll switch it over and um, the, instead of the check going to you it will go to an escrow account and that preserves it and that means we don't have to pay tax as long as you can meet the needs of the 1031 which is find another property to buy okay all right. Hey, All right. All right, boss. Time. All right. Thank you.
3: Take care.
2: Bye. Uh-huh. Bye. All right. We're going to have to take a quick break. When we get back, we're going to come to the phone. We've got Joe and we've got a couple other people, I think, coming on. So if we want 615-737-9986, 615-737-9986, we'll be right back with the Dr. Friday show. All righty. we. Are- Back here live in studio, we've got a caller on hold. His name is Joe, so we're going to go right to the phone line since he waited through the break, and we'll see if we can help him out. Hey, Joe.
4: Hey. So uh, I got tired of this RMD stuff, and so I said, I'm, I'm just going to pay down, uh, take some money out of my IRA and just convert it to a Roth. And mm-hmm. So I converted $90,000 to a Roth. Okay. So, uh, isn't that about the same thing as doing an RMD when I do that? I mean, is that?
2: Well, not a, I mean, RMD actually takes it out and you can't, I mean, normally you don't reinvest it. Um, You did, and you can't contribute any longer unless you're working. But what you did was a conversion, which there's nothing wrong with that. I have a lot of people that are doing that. So that way um, they don't have to take out as much or any (laughs) depending on your situation, as far as the required minimum distribution, you did get hit with the tax bill this year, whatever that's going to be for you. But, you know, it's some would be pay now, pay later concept. So this way the money will grow tax free. You're not required to have to take any required minimum distributions. Life has become simpler. um, And, you know, for your standpoint, it might have been an easier way to deal with it.
4: So, so I just did this on my own. Nobody told me what to do or how to do it. I, don't, I mean, I don't know what I've done, but, I mean, it's like.
2: You've created a tax situation, but, again, hopefully it's not can, a big Lord, bad I one. Can, but I, you, can,
4: I can convert from, a, from an hour to a Roth. Right. That, that's, I did, and, that, that's not illegal.
2: No, no, but no, have, and you can do it once a year. So you've done one conversion, you've done it, and so at the end of the year you're going to get a form called the 1099-R, and you're going right. to do an 8606 if you do your own taxes or if you have a tax person, whatever. Um, and it's basically just going to show that the money went from a standard IRA. You're going to pay the taxes on this year's tax bill, and the money is now sitting in a Roth IRA. And now you don't have any more required minimum distributions from that $90,000. So
4: that did that take care of the RMD on that?
2: On that money, still, yes. If you I have other got, ones, then still you'll still, still have money in
4: that. that. I've still got some money in that IRA.
2: Yes, So you will no, that won't count as your RMD. Sorry. So you, you will, you have to do the RMD based on December 31st of the prior year balance. So whatever you had in that total IRA at that time, you still are required to take the RMD. That conversion did not count at it. I see what you're saying. No, it did not.
4: So, so am I supposed to pay any, uh, uh, am I supposed to pay any taxes on, um, um, I don't, it seem like, like somebody said I had to pay taxes because uh, it's a taxable. Oh, I owe, the, I owe the money. As soon as I converted right. it, I owe the money. I owe those right. Taxes.
2: The $90,000 you're going to owe taxes on, let's just throw a number out there. Let's say it's $15,000. So you're going to owe fifteen, and you still need to take your RMD.
4: But was I supposed to do that pay the- because it was the beginning of the year, the beginning of the year, should I have paid that taxes then? Because you know it's uh, it's increasing my tax.
2: Right. Theoretically, I, actually, we only have to pay a hundred percent of what you owed the year before. So as long as you paid in as much as you did the year before, you shouldn't hit a penalty.
4: So that's right. I forgot about that. So yep. I, I increased my income by ninety thousand dollars. Is basically what happens. Is that is that a way to? That is a hundred
2: percent correct. That in in the yes, that is the simplest. Yes, that's what you've so done. What's
4: they going to do to my social security?
2: Um, are you on, you're over the age of 65, obviously, so nothing, it might make your Medicare go up okay. if it's not already up or at the higher numbers, but it may make your Medicare go up.
5: And how
4: much would that be?
2: Well, I mean, they love to charge you guys when you have, I mean, I've got people, I mean, it could be, I've got people may, you know, paying five, $600 a month. So, I mean, I'm just saying they make really good money. I don't know your situation, but well, on that 90,000 could fully, easily change I'm you by a couple hundred. I'm like
4: about, I've got about, about a. coming in, you know, plus so so about $150,000
2: this year. Okay. Uh, Is that including the 90? Yeah. Okay. So I would say you probably, and this is a guess, I'm not a Medicare expert. Let me throw that out there. But I'm going to say, I would not be surprised to see your Medicare go up by a couple hundred dollars, possibly even a month, because they're basically saying, even though you didn't put that 90 in your pocket, they're saying that you can afford this. And, again, I'm not a fan on taxing Social Security or means testing Medicare, but I don't have a How long would it so. stay up like that? Uh, one year.
4: One year, okay. All right. All right. Well, th- thanks for time.
2: No problem. Thanks for calling. I really appreciate it. All right. So if you want to join the show, you can. 615 737 9986. 615 737 9986. And that's the kind of thing, like what Joe was talking about. The reason I always push to try to have this show, and thank goodness you guys have been listening here for over 10 years, um, is that we, uh, we have the ability to think this kind of stuff out. So if you're thinking about doing a conversion, and doing the tax, it might not be, I mean, that may have been a great plan as far as getting the money out of a regular IRA, moving it to a Roth. Again, I'm not a financial planner, uh, but when you do those things, sometimes that can create a taxable situation on other things like Medicare, right? His social security, Joe was already paying tax on 85% of his social security because of his other income from what he was saying. So I don't think it will change anything on that side, but you know, I mean, you do have to think if there a way we could have done it, and maybe smaller bites, keeping them under a certain dollar amount. Again, um, if anyone knows the cutoffs or deals on Medicare, that might be helpful, but I don't know the income bracket or cutoffs for Medicare as far as if you do this or if you do that. So um, I do know that more than one of my clients, when they sell a piece of real estate or something like this happens, they turn around and next thing you know, they have the um, Medicare coming in and it, it, it says it's only for one year, but it always feels like it's longer. So just putting that out there. All right, well, it looks like we've got Donna coming on the line, but we're going to go ahead and take another break uh, and then we'll hit Donna. If you want to join the show, you can at 615 737 9986. 615 737 9986. We're going to take a quick break and we get back. We'll hit Donna and anyone else that wants to join the show. Be right back. Righty, we are back here live in studio, and as promised, Donna helped through the break, which I totally appreciate. All right, let's see if we can help Donna. Hey, Donna. Hey, Dr. Prady, how are you? I am good. Fantastic. Uh, let me start off. I forgot to tell your screener this is my year to itemize. Okay. Paying double, paying double land taxes, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Okay. Will. Or are there any benefits in giving a sizable charitable donation to a 501c3 university that I can take advantage of? Well, no more great benefits than giving, period, as far as obviously you're going to be itemizing this year. Or if there's a time for you to itemize, it will be on our even odd years. She's talking about where she does every other year itemizing for many of us have perfected um there's no extra benefit i mean depending on what it is you're contributing i mean if you have something with an appreciated asset obviously there's an advantage because you can take the value of that asset but not necessarily pay the capital gains on it Uh, but if we're talking cash for cash then the answer is um no um and since we're using every other year this will be the year you want to do it so you can maximize as much up to uh, 60% of your income, right, can go towards charity, and then the rest of it will roll over to the next year, which may or may not itemize depending on your situation and how much we're okay. talking. Now, all right, this is,
6: I was thinking something like $5,000. Okay. If, if I showed or gave our tax person a check that showed UT or Vanderbilt or whoever the charity may be, right, uh, $5,000 to the
2: educational fund with that, would that be within the guidelines for itemizing? Um, universities, they, they took a lot of that out. Um, they, as far as now you're saying, as long as, I mean, let me put it this way, as long as it is a 501c3 or a version of there's a, a lot of different 501c's um, as long as it's for the fund, the nonprofit of the college, not giving something that you're, you know, And I know that's not what you're saying, but just to clarify, sometimes a lot of us would buy season tickets at a university. Part of it was used for a charity, but part of it wasn't. And therefore, they disallowed us to be doing that as alumni or whatever. Um, in right. your case, it sounds like you're just giving it to a college under the education fund as a true 501c3 or a true nonprofit. In that case, you are 100% deductible. Okay, great. That's what I needed to know. Thank you so much for the call. Appreciate it. Thank you, hon. Appreciate Uh you. Uh, No problem. All right, let's go to Dennis in Nashville. Hey, Dennis. Uh,
5: Hey, Dr. Friday. Thank you for taking my call. No
2: problem.
5: Uh, My question is, I just heard you talking about the guy that did that. You told him to do a a 1031 exchange. Well, I sold my house and then I have bought another house. But I'm not going to be able to close on it until probably January. So when I find my taxes, how is that going to reflect well, on what I would I have pay? some
2: great news for you, Dennis. That's the reason I asked him. But from my call, uh, my gentleman that takes the information, it looks like this was your primary home that you sold, correct?
5: Right, my primary residence. Okay.
2: And how long did you live in that home?
5: Like 22 years.
2: Okay, well, you were there for quite a while. Only really needed two to five. Um, so, so, anyways, Dennis. So, anything you took from that house, they're giving. Are you married or single?
5: I'm single.
2: Okay, so we we get to say, and this is just an example, but let's say you paid a hundred thousand for that home, but you sold it for three hundred thousand. Just as this example, as long as there is like two hundred fifty thousand dollar exclusion. So, whatever you sold it plus two hundred fifty, as long as that is less than you sold it for, then you have no taxes due and you do not have to buy a new house. This is your choice. You can certainly reinvest into a home, but it doesn't make a difference. This will be a zero tax to you on your taxes. Unlike this other gentleman, he had it as an investment property and he doesn't get that exclusion.
5: Okay. But uh, anything over 250, I'm going to have to pay capital gains.
2: Right. So again, uh, whatever you paid for it, add 250, and then if if it adds up to more, like you sold it for seven hundred and you only paid two hundred, and you know that's four fifty, and you got two hundred fifty thousand dollars capital gains. Yes, and there's no way of excluding that.
5: I thought uh, one time I heard you say you could take a one-time on right, one time exclusion, Right, of two hundred fifty thousand
2: dollars. It's not one time; it's two every two out of five years. But that's the exclusion you have. So, only
5: the two fifty. Anything else, I'm going to have to pay.
2: Right. So whatever you paid for it. And if there was some improvements, like sometimes someone might've brought a house, but they redid the kitchen, you know, added value to the home. Those changes can be put in, add all that plus 250. And that's what you have for an exclusion. Anything above that, you will pay capital gains, no matter if you buy another house or not.
5: Okay. And do you know the uh, percentage rate?
2: Well, um, so give me a ballpark of how much you think it's going to be above, just a rough number. Don't have them be perfect. Uh,
5: 100 above 250. So about a 100,000.
2: Okay. So can you tell me what your earned income is? Just again, ballpark it.
5: uh This year, probably just maybe 40, but I'm okay. not. Okay.
2: All right. So that. as a, I mean, you're basically looking at 15%. It's an easy one.
5: Uh, so you're looking at
2: $15,000 tax on that 100. Yeah.
5: Oh, okay. Well, thank you, Dr. Friday. I appreciate it. No
2: problem. All right, buddy. Thanks.
5: <laughs> thank you. Bye-bye.
2: That's always a hard one guys, because when we sell our primary homes and, and I mean, nowadays, especially he's in the same situation. I have many, many tax clients in because most of the time, especially single people. I mean, you brought a house for a hundred you did a lot of work. This gentleman's lived in this house for 20 years and then it turned around and he sold it. Let's say he sold it for 500,000, which sounds like, you know, so he's only got 350. He could end up paying tax on 150,000 and that kind of thing. And, you know, it, even though he's really just buying another house, it, it doesn't work real well for us, but that is uh, uh many people are in that I had another person come in last week and their theirs was about $250,000 married couple with $250,000 taxable situation, and they were going to be at the 23% because their other income is higher, um. And there's kind of a marriage penalty again on capital gains. So, you know, think about that marriage thing. I'm just telling you guys, I'm not saying not to get married, but I am saying when you do, you know, get some tax benefits that you're losing. That's all I can tell you, you know. So we'll move on past that one because, I, you know, don't want to get in trouble by some of you guys. I've had people call and say, should I get divorced? And the answer is never get divorced just for money, people. It's not a good thing. But of course, people do divorce because of money, but not my because Dr. Friday said to do that. All right. So. If you've got questions, you can certainly join the show, 615-737-9986, 615-737-9986, taking your calls, talking about some of my favorite subjects, taxes. And guys, this last year has probably been more crazy. I mean, 2020 was bad because there was a lot of people that We're out of work, a lot of unemployment. We had a lot of PPPs and all this other stuff going for small businesses. But then we thought, oh, it's over. You know, we're going to start 2021. And not as much stuff moved as fast as we thought it was going to move. We ended up with still more PPP. We ended up with another stimulus. And then on the ropes, we keep hearing, I've had people call me several times. Is there going to be a fourth stimulus check? I don't know I never thought there would be a third stimulus check you guys heard me i'm like there's no reason for a third one and look at it, it came out almost higher than the first two so. I am probably not the person you want to be calling asking that particular question, because I obviously don't um, uh, yeah i'm not very good at, at predicting those things, but what we do know is the build back better plan does have about, it's almost a $3 trillion bill, depending on where you're looking and reading. And some of the things in there will be dealing with taxes. So um, some of it's gonna be great stuff, energy credits, I mean, solar and uh car, buying electric cars, uh, putting electric plugs in, in solar panels and things. Some of that may be useful because a lot of that stuff Um, kind of fell off we don't have a lot of energy credits out there so it might be some way to help build up and give things to individuals to be able to get more credits and and to maybe become greener um, if that is something that you want to do and look at it's nice to be able to make money and or save money in at the same time so We'll keep you informed on any of those things that are happening, um, what we have out there and what we're looking at right now. Probably one of the big things we want to talk about is, of course, the uh, the charitable contributions for 2021. We have the um, $600 for a married couple, five uh, $300 for a single, no marriage penalty on that one. And for all my entrepreneurs, keep in mind, taking people out to meals right now is 100% deductible. We've always had a 50% deductible, unless it was true, legitimate. um, There was a 100, but very rare uh, situation to qualify for it. But in 2021, they do allow all small business or medium or large businesses, whatever, all uh, businesses that are truly taking people out for meals, we will get a 100% tax deduction. So really important to be able to look at that information and say, okay, here we go. We, um, you know, we're going to use this. And you might think, you know, I mean, I think they're really trying to build up for small business, especially restaurants, right? They're still having a very, very hard time. Make sure that they have what they need and going. You know, Levitius, let's go ahead and hit Don. I think we've got enough time to probably take his call before the break. Hey, Don.
1: Hi, uh, Dr. Rydick. I bought a piece of property about 12 years ago. It was not good shape, and I remodeled it. It was in CZ, a CS zoning commercial. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. was buying the property and remodeling, and I have hundred and fifty, roughly $152,000 in it.
2: Okay. I,
1: it is commercial. It is a business property. I have basically rented it out, and I've paid taxes or whatever on the rent. Now, right. I've depreciated it over off my taxes. Well, right. what's my tax liability when I sell it?
2: Well, you have two sides, and that's a great question. So you're going to have capital gains. So that would just be the difference between whatever you sell it for and what your original basis or original investment. So the 152, right? So you've got 152 into it. Let's say you sell it for 300. And for simple math, let's just say it's 150. That means you have a profit of 150 capital gains.
1: Okay, well, let me explain you this. you yeah. I'm not going to sell it for a profit because I'm going to somehow give it to my... my... To your
2: church, is that what you said?
1: Yeah, I'm going to give it to my daughter.
2: Oh, to your daughter. I'm sorry. I was thinking a five hundred one c three. That's great. We could depreciate it. Um. So if you're going yeah. to give it to your daughter, you have to. You have two options. One, you die and you give it to her because that when she gets a step up in basis and there's no capital gains. Not always the best plan. That means it requires you to die and therefore not a good plan. Um right, Plan right, B. Right. <laughs> plan two would be you have to sell it to her or gift it to her over the next number of years. You can theoretically gift it all to her today and then file a 706 form, which is a gift tax return showing that you gifted her at fair market value what it was. And there's no right. taxes to her. In your case, you will still pay tax on the you, – you can't give it to her at what you paid for it. You will have to pay it theoretically needs to be gifted to her Um I, I shouldn't say that you could gift it to her at your market basis um you could quick claim it to her at the 152 and then when she sells it she will actually pay the capital gains
1: okay Do so i have to pay any taxes on it because i depreciated it
2: you will have the recapture and that's ordinary income no matter what you will have the recapture i mean that's
1: so, uh, so if i so if I, i'll have the 152 thousand dollars at the basis what i sell it to her for i'm gonna have to pay taxes on that
2: no, the 152 is a wash, right? 152 for 152, no capital gains, but whatever. Let's right. say you've, you've depreciated it for 100. I mean, it's only been 12 years and we have to depreciate almost over 30. So 40, let's say I it's 50. It. Oh, 40. Yeah. yeah. Commercial. You're right. Yeah. 40. So let's just say it's $40,000 that you've taken in depreciation. Just the ballpark. Okay. I have no idea what you've taken. That's what and you're that's paying tax, tax on. That's, that's the tax. tax.
1: Okay. Now, one other question. I know you're you're not a, an estate attorney, but this. If I gifted it to her, I can gift it up to what fifteen thousand dollars a year without taxes now.
2: Yep, but it okay. really won't change anything. You still are going to have the, the the recapture depreciation because the property has to come off. It's it's a rental real estate. I'm so going to have recapture.
1: No way, no way, no way around it. I'm going to have to get that recapture.
2: Basically, thank you, dear. That's I'm sorry. Thank
1: you. Okay. Appreciate it. Bye.
2: All righty, let's go ahead and take our last break here. And when we get back, we'll take some more of your calls, 615-737-9986. The phone number here in studio, 615-737-9986. We're going to take your call, and we get right back with the Dr. Friday Show. All righty, we are back here live in studio. we got about, I uh, don't know, seven, eight minutes left of the show. So if you want to jump on the lines, you can, 615 615- 615, 737-9986, taking your calls, talking about my favorite subject, which is taxes, trying to keep you guys informed, making sure that you're making decisions that, you know, aren't going to cost you more money down the line or create other tax problems for you, because let's be honest, that's not a win-win situation. And sometimes there's a lot of moving parts when it comes to taxes. So you just want to make sure that you are focusing on what's important for your situation. I know I get a little bit sometimes uh, on the radio, I can't really get one-on-one perfectly. Some of the advice I give is more generic because let's be honest, somebody makes a hundred thousand versus a person making 50,000, someone with capital gains, you know, at 25 or 30,000 or 200 or 300,000 big differences when it comes to taxes. One of the biggest things you want to remember though, is if if you have a situation and you're able to be a single person and you make less than $55,000 let's say 53,000 to keep it on the safe side $53,000 and um, and in that number, it includes your capital gains. There is a 0% capital gains. It's not going to happen for very many people. Married couples sometimes, same thing, 108 or less, if it includes your capital gains would be zero. After that, up until a single person making about 200,000, including the capital gains, then you're at 15%. As soon as you hit that 200,000 mark, you immediately jump up to 188 married couples, this is where the penalty comes in up until you make 250,000, you're going to be at 15%. And then you're going to go to 18.8. And then for a single person, about 440, a married couple, I think it's 470. So again, kind of get a marriage and then anything above that, it, all incomes, if they are over those numbers, then your capital gains is going to be 23 or yeah, 23.8, but they um, even know they always talk about the 20% tax bracket, but there really isn't a direct 20% tax bracket because um, you pretty much always had that Medicare tax on top of it in there. So if you've got a question or if you're selling or thinking about selling, Obviously, it's always great if you can contact me prior to selling something because then sometimes we can actually bring to the table what options you have or preparing what you need to know so you can set aside that money, especially if your plan is many times people have sold their real estate, their their fine, um, investment real estate, their rentals, their second homes, and they've sold those and they've turned around and basically said, hey, I want to pay off my main home, I don't want a mortgage anymore, which I'll be quite honest with you guys, maybe at a certain point in my life, I would say that, but when interest rates are like three and a half, four and a half percent, it seems silly for me to be paying off my home when I can be earning six or seven in my 401k and I'm only spending three and a half to four and a half. I'm actually making money on my mortgage money. It doesn't really make sense, but I'm not a financial planner. And I know there's going to be a time in my life where like anyone else, when you stop working and you're like, okay, as long as I don't have a mortgage and perfect world, I don't have a car payment. I mean, let's be honest without those two things, your cost of living has jumped down a lot. You don't need as much money to live. It's a lot easier. So I'm just saying at certain points in our life, I'm not disagreeing. It might be nice to have a mortgage free house, but um, in my opinion, I wouldn't rush to pay it off, especially with money that could be invested and grow for a period of time. So that would be a more important time because if you take that same money that you would have paid the mortgage off and invested it, of course, there's always a chance of losing that money. That is something that's always on the table. But if it's invested well with a good investment advisor, I don't really think you're going to see huge losses at any good time. But I think it is something that you want to make sure you understand and that you have a way of Following through with that and making sure that it's going to make sense to you and I and, you know, to your financial and always check all this with a good financial advisor, make sure that your tax person and your financial advisor and your attorneys, obviously, it'd be great if they were friends. All right, let's hit Pam really quick because we're only got about three minutes. Hey, Pam. Hi. What can to do for you, girl?
6: Um, I've just um, been, you were just talking about paying off your mortgage. My, I own my house free and clear. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's basically my retirement is my house. Mm -hmm. And so after um, considering the mortgage rates and everything, um, I have decided to go with a reverse mortgage. And I'm wondering if there's any kind of tax implication when I take that money out.
2: There isn't. Um, I'm not going to tell you, Pam, that I'm a huge fan. I'm not going to tell you I'm an expert either of reverse mortgages. I usually only get involved with reverse mortgages is with the person that inherited the house, right? Um, Mm -hmm. And that may or may not come into play in this conversation. So that's, you know, I'm just saying, but the answer to your question is when they give you either a lump sum or a monthly payment, I guess there's a couple different ways you can get money from the house, but any way they do it, none of that is taxable income to you. That's the important part.
6: Because I've already paid taxes on it.
2: You got it. And then when they sell the house, obviously it's just, it's a lot like a mortgage. You know I mean? If I take money from one of my houses, I don't pay tax on that mortgage because I'm going to have to pay it back. Well, that's the same thing with this. When that house gets sold, once you pass away or, you know, move or whatever, um, then they'll take their money from the sale of the home. Okay. And then
6: um, if I use some of that money to invest in
2: another real estate property, is that, Is that a, um, nothing wrong with that. As far as I know, unless there's something in the contract you sign, as far as I know, you can take that money and invest it or spend it on anything you want. Uh, Again, I'm not a, you know, but unless there's something, some sort of clause that says you can't go buy another house because they're basically securing this loan against the home you're living in. So it should not tie any other assets.
6: Okay. Then basically the other thing is, um, I'm possibly, um, i'm eligible to take my social security as well should i uh, do you have somebody that specializes in social security i can't decide what to do i <laughs> wish
2: i could i could send you to hank Parrott, um and right. you I'll want to call to me hank. monday if you haven't he's you know he's a financial no, I, I'll advisor
6: listen i'll listen to hank too
2: Okay. There you go. He would be a person to, uh, you know, I can give you a call or he can call you, whatever, that would be a direction because he does a worksheet. and I know when I send my clients, part of it is, is when should you take social security? But okay. I mean, if, if you don't have a lot of other income, I would say taking it earlier versus later. Okay. Sounds good. Right. Thank you. Thank you so much, Pam. Appreciate you. Alrighty. We are at the end of my show. Awesome. Lavidius. We did it. No, sorry. <laughs> you guys can't see, but I don't normally get to see my engineer because we're usually not in studios together. And I'm so happy because I get to see him today. Anyways, guys, you can reach me at 615-367-0819. 615-367-0819 is the direct number to my office. Email is Friday at drfriday.com again friday at drfriday.com or check me out on the web you never know i might surprise you out there drfriday.com is the website dot com. i hope you guys are having a wonderful saturday hope you guys enjoy this holiday season the weather is awesome outside and i think we'll be in great shape cop you later